Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Let me connect some dots for you. We've been, we've been going through just the big rock stories of the Old Testament. I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope God's been speaking to you. Called This Is Our Story. And I've been trying to connect the dots for you, not just in your mind, but in your heart. Letting you know that we all come from the same two people, Adam and Eve. That is all of our mamas and daddies. If that's all of our mothers, if we all come from the same two people, then that means we're related. We're like 572,000 cousins. You're sitting next to your cousin. Just turn to the left or the right. It don't matter. It doesn't matter what color they are, how rich or poor they are. It doesn't matter if they're a Republican, Democrat, or Independent. They are your cousins. Just go ahead and look at them and say, what's up, cuz? Go ahead. Go, what's your name? <laughs> You're my cousin, and I didn't even know you. We're all cousins. But then I've also showed you through these stories of Abraham, where God said, I wanted a people, a people inside of a people. And he brought Abraham and said, I'm going to start a new nation with you. I'm going to start a spiritual nation. So there's the bloodline, and then there's the spirit line. And when you got saved or gave your life to Jesus, you became part of this spiritual family. And I'm here to tell you, spirit is thicker than blood. Now just think about your crazy family, your blood family. How many of you got some blood family that you wish you didn't? Just raise your hand. You lie. You're in church. You lie. How many of you got them? You know, at the family reunion, they say things like, we're going to come see y'all. And you go, yeah, come see us. But you're hoping they don't come see you. <laughs> it has not hurt your feelings. God wanted a nation inside of a nation. He wanted a people inside of a people. And you're sitting right now in it. You're sitting, we are right here. I'm just like Opelousas, St. Landry Parish. This is a family meeting of people inside of a people. This is your family. Now, even in this family, you got some that you got to explain. <laughs> you hear me, Pat? No, I'm not talking about Pat. I'm just saying, Pat, do you agree with me? Yes, whatever you say, Pastor. <laughs> it's the beauty of God that he puts us all together and said, no, no, come out. And I want you to be a people. And so in, the, in this, look, uh, and so I want to draw those parallels with the story. Because we we've gone from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Last week we talked about Joseph, which is real important. And I'll, I'll just catch you up. Let me connect the dots. This is a tough message today. Not that it's tough in what you're going to hear. It's tough to connect the dots. Joseph is going, remember he goes to Egypt. And when he goes to Egypt, rises to the number two guy. Because there's a famine in the land. And now his 11 brothers are all going to come. And Pharaoh is going to give, during this famine, he's going to give Jacob the daddy, his 12 brothers, his 12 sons, 
Pharaoh is going to give them the land of Goshen. Everybody say Goshen. It was the finest land in all of Egypt for them to raise their flocks in. And now the scripture is going to let us know that now this nation that was just a daddy and 12 sons is going to multiply. Now, how many of you already know the story of Moses? Let me see your hands if you already know that story. You, you kinda, you're already ahead of me. You know what's going to happen. They're going to start by being blessed because of Joseph. And then that blessing is going to turn into a curse because they're going to start being fruitful and multiply. Now, here's the, here's the problem that I have with this story. And I'm asking God, I don't know that I'm right. Just let me throw that out there. They were in Canaan, the promised land that God said he was going to give Abraham and Israel. Now God has taken them out of Canaan by, by famine and brought them to Egypt and wants them to start building and multiplying in Egypt. They weren't multiplying like that in Canaan, but now they're multiplying in Egypt. God, what are you up to? And here was a thought, just a big rock thought. The big rock thought was that when they were free in Canaan, they started marrying Canaanite girls. Y'all know them Canaanite girls, right? Oh, they, them Jewish boys like them Canaanite girls. Them Canaanite girls, they were, there, they were down on Friday night backing it up at the club with the Canaanite girls. There's something about them Canaanite. In fact, some of them started marrying Canaanite girls. And so it's almost as if God said, no, here's what I want you to hear. God's already way ahead of where you are. So you're wanting God to come into where you are, and God's going, no, I'm already way ahead of you. I'm already working things out on your behalf before you even get there. So God is going to take them out of Canaan, and he's going to put them into Egypt. And when they get into Egypt, the environment has changed. Those Canaanite girls like them Jewish boys. But when they got into Egypt, Egyptian men and women didn't like Hebrews. They, in fact, they called them detestable. They wouldn't even eat with them, sit at a same table with them. Are y'all tracking with me? So they had a, they, they, they had a, a, a restaurant, and it had the sign, Hebrews, not welcome. So it caused the Hebrews to develop their own economy inside of the economy. People inside of a people. And I want to show you in Scripture. Are, are you all tracking with me so far? Because so, so there's something about... Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to mess Shannon up in the back. Shannon, I know you can hear me in the back. Just stay with me, girlfriend. If Shannon doesn't get the scripture right up, because I've already messed her up. I, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to see something, how God began to bless them, even though they were in a difficult circumstance. Sometimes we want to fit in Canaan, when God really wants us to stand out, Egypt. We want to fit in, Opelousas, when God is trying to get us to stand out. What, what does that mean? Have you ever met someone who just stands out? I mean, you may not even know them, but you met them and you went, 
man, something's different about them. And then you even think, I bet they're a Christian before you even know they're a Christian. Because you something about them stood out. We're, I, Heidi and I were doing business with a, 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 a gentleman in Ville Platte. Anybody from Ville Platte? Let me, let me hear you. Ville Platte, let me hear you. Ville Platte in the house. Some of you, ashamed, you didn't even say nothing. You're just like, <laughs> whoa, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> My light guy's from Ville Platte. <laughs> I like Ville Platte. That's our cousins. You got to explain them. And, and, and Heidi, Heidi and I, we, we're doing business right now, and we, we just went, okay, well, we actually interviewed two or three others to do business with, too. And then we found this guy, and we just went, that's the guy. We, we didn't know what it cost. We, we, he didn't give us the price. We said, are we going to do business with him? We, we didn't know. We just said, that's the guy. That's the guy. And something just stood out about him. And as we've gone through the process, now, we're, now I've learned now, after we got to know each other, and then we weren't just talking about business. We started talking about heart and found out that he gave us the testimony of his wife coming to Christ. And if it wasn't for her coming to Christ, he wouldn't have come to Christ. And now that he's, he's, God's blessing his business, and you're going, wait a minute, I knew there was something about him that just stood out. How do you stand out? Can I just tell you a couple of things? If you're just kind, you will stand out. It, it, the darker it gets, the easier it is to stand out. If you, just, if, if you walk away at the, at the water cooler when they start the joke and you know where the joke ends, if you'll, you'll stand out. If you'll just be a voice of kindness saying, thank you. And man, hey, man, I'm concerned. How are you? If you'll just, are y'all tracking with me? The world is just looking and waiting for people who, in Canaan, they were trying to fit in. Canaanite girls. Now Egypt, God put them in a situation where they had to stand out because the Egyptians wouldn't mess with them. What they thought was a curse. In freedom, they didn't flourish. Now they're going to end up in bondage and begin to be fruitful and multiply. We all want revival, don't we? Let me tell you what usually comes with revival. Trouble, persecution, darkness that causes people to run to God instead of running away from God. And so I'm going to pick it up. Shannon, I am so sorry. I'm going to pick it up. Watch this. Let me pick it up in verse 6, chapter 1, verse 6. In time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending the entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. We're beginning to see the fulfillment of Abraham's promises. Abraham said, got a promise from God. One day, your descendants will outnumber the sands of the sea. Remember, sand and, they'll outnumber sand and stars. Whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to all nations. He's, it's, it's beginning to happen in Egypt. Look at verse 8. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. 
He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from our country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down crushing and with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. Watch this. But the Egyptians oppressed them. The what? The more they suppressed them, what happened? The more they multiplied and spread and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all of their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew. I'm going to read a bit. Gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. Now we're watching genocide. But because the midwives feared God, verse 17, they refused to obey the king's orders and they allowed the boys to live. Can I just stop for just one second right there? Whenever you're forced with a situation, do you obey man or do you obey God? Always obey God. Do you hear me? God, God will take it, he'll cover for you. If, if it's, do I obey God or do I obey man? Always obey God. I, I like Pastor Jacob always tells the, the story of him hunting with a, one of the old pastors in our community. Uh, and uh, they were talking about, they were shooting ducks and they had reached their limit. And the old pastor said, uh, hey, well, let's keep shooting. And Pastor Jacob said, but we already got our limit. And he said, oh, that's a man-made law. <laughs> and Pastor Jacob goes, yeah, and they will put us in a man-made jail. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch this. Verse 19. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. The midwives replied, come on. I love this. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly we cannot get there in time. Come on, women of God. The women of God aren't like those Egyptian women. They show up on Thursday night ready to hear the word. Heidi said there was over 300 women on Thursday night. And I challenge y'all to make it 400. Let's see if these women can reproduce quickly. You women up for the challenge? Watch this. So God was good to the midwives. By the way, in the Bible times, you you would become a midwife if you couldn't have babies. So they didn't obey Pharaoh. They obeyed God. Watch what. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. 
their wombs begin to open. What a God. You see, God's already all way ahead of you. He was way ahead of Israel, building a nation. He said, I'm going to have to take them out of Canaan because they didn't do well in Canaan. Canaanite girls. And they said, I'm going to put them in Egypt. They're going to go through some times in Egypt. But if I put them there, they'll start multiplying. They'll see my hand even when it gets hard. Listen to me. Following Jesus is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Did you hear what I just said? Somebody needs to hear that. It doesn't mean everything's going to go well for you. It just means you're now inviting him into the journey with you. He'll be with you so you'll see his hand move. You receive that. Watch this. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all the people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. The Nile. Man, you talk, I, I, I thank you, God, for your word, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, what do you call that? It doesn't, uh, doesn't clean it up. It just gives you what it was. This has happened before. This will happen again in Scripture. It'll, you have to go all the way to the New Testament where Jesus is born. And it's going to be Herod who is going to hear from the wise man that the Messiah is being born. And he's going to send his henchmen into Bethlehem and say, every boy that's two years or younger, kill him. Trying to stamp out what God is doing. So what, what does it mean, Pastor Eugene, when you start seeing things like this happen, getting worse, now they're committing, come on mamas, two-year-old babies and younger. Throw them into the Nile River. We're watching destruction on our television screens now, and hearts are moved. Look at it. This, this is, Putin looks like a saint. Throw them in the Nile. What does it mean? It means God's up to something. The worse it gets out there means God's up to something too. He's already ahead of you. He's always ahead of you. He's always ahead. And we're watching this very thing happen before our eyes even now. And then we get to the birth of this one that's coming. Your cousin. You got a famous cousin. You can tell everybody, I'm related to Moses. Watch what happens. About this time, I love this, this story. You, you girls... I wish Heidi couldn't be here today, but I wish she was here because I told her what I was speaking on, and she's like, ooh. I said, baby, I'm going to get them girls all fired up today. (laughs) Men, just shut up and listen. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. Sometimes we just need to hear what the Bible says. They got married, and then this woman became pregnant. Do you see the order? No condemnation. All of how many you know? Thank God we've all messed up and gone to the cross and asked God to forgive us, and He gives us His righteousness and covers our past. But in future, let's get married and then have babies. Watch this. 
the woman became pregnant. She gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby, and she kept him hidden for three months as a Hebrew woman. She, she hid him because what's the rule? Every male child. She hid him. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made from papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. And her attendants walked, excuse me, the baby's sister, she put it in the river, verse 4, and the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. You can just picture it, just like putting it in the catabla. <laughs> That's how I see it. And sister walks on the bank watching her little brother float down the river. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. Here's the problem with this story when I said catabla, because no one would bathe in the catabla. Just wanted to say that. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it for her, and when the princess opened it, she saw the baby, and the little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of those Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister, her name is Miriam, then Miriam approaches the princess. Remember, What do Egyptians think about Hebrews? Detestable. So for her even to approach Pharaoh's daughter was in risk of her own life. Should I go, and here's what she said. She approached the prince, should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mama. Take the baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Oh, we already put the, can y'all put, re-put the pictures of the babies up? Can y'all do that? Can y'all put the baby pictures up? Shannon, can y'all do that? Josh, somebody. After service today, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab these babies. We're going to lay our hands on. We're going to pray for them. We're going to dedicate. One of the stories that we use to dedicate children is the story of Moses' mother. She has a baby, and then she, for her to create a basket and put the baby in, could you imagine the prayers of that mother? Dear God. Oh, God of heaven, would you please look at, would this float down with somebody, someone down the road? Lord, I'm trusting you. I am trusting you with this baby that you would lead and guide. May the current flow just as you want it to flow. Put this baby in the perfect hands, in the right hands. Lord, I'm trusting in you. May the angels of the Lord surround it. May they blow the wind where the wind needs to blow to get this child to the exact spot that it needs to get. Lord, I pray to you, God of heaven, please, God, save this baby. Mamas and daddies, in a little while, I'm going to take your baby. It ain't your baby. It never was your baby. 
God's going to take it and you're going to give it and put it into the Nile River. I dedicate him to you, Lord. All her, him, her, her, him, all all the days of his life. And then guess what's going to happen? I'm going to take the baby. It's like putting it in the little basket. We're going to pray over that baby. And then just like Moses' mother, now we're going to give the baby back to you to raise the baby for the purposes of God. Not your purposes, but the purposes of God. That baby has a destiny. It is to grow up for you to raise it up in the fear of the Lord. And so it will go and pursue the purposes of God. Although mamas and daddies, you got a role in this. Are you hearing me? And we're watching this very thing happen. God, not, not only did God give back the baby to Moses' mama, but he also gave her some change to do it. What a God. Ooh. Watch this. Later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, and she explained, I lifted him out of the water many years later. So he grows up. Think about that. A Hebrew boy, now growing up in the palace. Oh, man. Best education. 16, new chariot. Not a used chariot, new chariot. Balling. Latest sandals, whenever they came out, got them. The best of everything, the best of the food that the land had to offer. Best of everything, raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. Maybe even the potential, they called him the prince of Egypt. Maybe even the potential that one day he would become the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He's, many years later when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. And during his visit... He saw an Egyptian beating one of his. This is the catalyst moment for Moses. It's, it's the moment, oh, Jesus, please help me communicate this to your people. Please help me. When he walks out and going, born Hebrew, raised Egyptian. And he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. Born Hebrew, raised Egyptian. And he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. I'm calling this his identity moment. Who am I? What am I? Am I an Egyptian? Or am I a Hebrew? What do I do when I see who I was born and how I was raised and those two conflict? Don't, no, this is talking to you. Because you're born and then you're raised. And then those are going to conflict. 
No, they, they conflict. In fact, let, let me show you. Let me show you because the book of Hebrews in the New Testament is going to give us insight to what's happening right here where he, he walks up on the scene. And I, I can just, man, if you go, wait a minute, I'm raised. Man, thank all the ray. I got a new chariot. I could be one day, I could be the prince. I could, I could, be, the, I could be Pharaoh one day. But yet I see my people. Wait a minute, which, which, which way do I go? Who am I? What am I? Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, is actually going to give us insight to this very thing. And I'll take you to Hebrews chapter 11. But it says, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So, so he cho- how many you know that's right? So he, I, I'm no longer going to be an Egyptian because I'm not really an Egyptian. And it says, he chose rather to be mistreated with what? The people of God. That's good too, right? Okay, I'm not going to be Egyptian, and I would rather suffer with God's people than to be raised in the palace with a silver spoon in my mouth. Think about that for a second. Let me try to translate it into, I'd rather be poor with the peace of God and God's hand on my life than to be rich and not. You can, do, you can say it that way. But that's not the end of this verse. Go ahead, Shannon, put it back up for me. He considered the reproach of... Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Christ ain't even on the scene yet. Greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt... For he was looking to the reward. Can I translate it for you? Am I an Egyptian? I was raised Egyptian. Am I a Hebrew? I was born a Hebrew. But instead of choosing Egyptian or Hebrew, I choose Christ. And because I've chosen Christ, then I need to go suffer with God's people because I choose Christ. He saw something coming. He knew something was coming, a deliverer. He, he's walked through the very same thing that the Messiah is going to walk through. Every two years old and younger going to be killed. He's seeing something and go, I'd rather choose Christ. And because I choose Christ, I'll suffer with the people of God. Look at me. Every one of us is going to have that same choice. Are you going to choose Christ? That's why I say to you all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, listen to me. I've said it a thousand times, maybe not enough different ways. I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I'm not black. I'm not white. I'm not red. I'm not brown. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not even an independent. I belong to Jesus. I choose Christ to be a part of the people of God. So if you're sitting in this room and you've chosen Christ, then you're my brother or you're my sister. Watch this. Watch what the apostle Paul says. I love this. He's he's so right. Take it off, Shannon. Take it off. Put it back on, Shannon. No, I'm kidding. Take it off. Take it off. I just wanted to do that. Watch this. The apostle, we, we call him the Apostle Paul, right? To give the honor that is due him. One of the greatest leaders who ever walked the face of the earth. One of the greatest minds, I think, who ever walked the face of the earth. 
Even, even those who don't put their faith in Christ have said, he tipped their hat to Paul. I, I want to show you what he said about himself. This is in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. What? Called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. I, I want you to see his identity. He didn't say, I'm the apostle Paul writing to you Romans. No, he doesn't say, I'm an apostle. He says, I am a, I'm a servant of God. It's called to be an apostle. I'm not Pastor Eugene. By the way, God never calls me Pastor Eugene. Did you know that? He doesn't call me Pastor Eugene. I need to talk to you. He never says Pastor Eugene. He, I'm, I'm called to be a pastor, but I, I am a servant. You are a servant of Jesus called to be whatever the blank is set apart for the gospel of God. Are y'all tracking? I don't know that I'm communicating. Am I communicating this okay? I am? Okay. Watch this. Verse 12 of Exodus 2. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses kills the Egyptian. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Now two of the Hebrews fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who started the fight. And the man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Oh, don't you know, don't you love it when you feel like God's anointed you to do something, but nobody else recognizes your anointing? <laughs> this is like me in a counseling appointment. <laughs> they said, are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptians yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking Every, no, everybody knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh, went to live in the land of Midian. That's about Saudi Arabia. Left Egypt, went all the way to Saudi Arabia running. And when Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. And the priests of Midian had seven daughters who came to draw their, fill their troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. And then he drew the water for the flocks. And when the girls returned to Ruel, or this is also known as Jethro in the Bible, their father, he asked, why are you back so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian. Was he an Egyptian? No. An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered, and they drew water, watered our flocks. Where is he? Why do you, why'd you leave him there? Invite him to come eat with us. And Moses accepted the invitation and settled there with him. And in time, Ruel, or Jethro, gave Moses his daughter, Zipporah, to be his wife. And later she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. For he explained, I've been a foreigner in a foreigner's land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. Victor, come and help me, because I'm closing. It's going to take me a minute. Years passed, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. And they cried out for help. And the cry rose to God. There's prayers, and then there's cries. 
How many of you have ever prayed? How many of you have ever cried? God, please. You've cried out for help. And they start crying out for help. And, the, and that rose to God. God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Question, do you think God really forgot the covenant? Do you think God's like, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that I was going to start a new nation, a new people inside of a people. I forgot. But now that y'all remind me. No, that's not what I remember. It, it, it's, it's just to show us that God has emotion too. He has emotion. He feels things too. And so now, I like to say it this way. Their cry and their covenant are now harmonizing together. Y'all know what harmonizing is, right? Harmonizing is is where we're, we're both singing the same song, but maybe using different notes, right? Right? Can you give me a chord? Give me a... Give me, give me a G. Give me a G. Just one, one. Can you make it a chord? Okay, so it's really three. It's really three, right? It's really, it's really three. I've done this before to you, right? Could, could you, let's, give a, let's get them to sing us the chord. Okay, so this section right here, could you turn him up? Got your note? Let's try one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, you did it. You did it. I believe I heard some really good voices that need to be on the worship team. I believe I, I think I heard one or two. I, I wonder how many times we've actually cried out to God that had nothing to do with the promises that he had for you. And you go, God didn't answer my prayer. No, he just didn't answer that prayer. Do you want? It's, it, it, this, is, this is what I think happened. This is what I think happened. This is just my opinion, right? So if you don't get mad at me, don't send emails. I, I think they started flourishing in Egypt before the slavery, right? Egyptians didn't do business with them. So they had to raise up their own diner. They had to raise up their own place. They had to raise up their own, their own baker, their own candlestick maker. They, they, had to, they had to raise up their own. They did business. It was good. They were living in the land of Goshen. They were under 
Pharaoh's protection. There was no outside enemies trying to destroy them. And they're just being fruitful and they're multiplying. The wi- oh, I forgot to tell you about the women. Can y'all push pause right there for a second? Because I, I wanted to tell you girls about this. Think about Moses. First of all, there had to be a midwife who would obey God in order for him to get in that little raft and to get to his destiny. Think about it. There had to be midwives that feared the Lord more than they feared Pharaoh. Then there had to be a mama who took her responsibility to raise up a child that would not obey Pharaoh either and would hide him. Then there was Miriam, who was a sister, who would look after him to make sure that the little basket fell in the right hands. Then God would even use a princess to find and melt her heart in order for it to happen. And then back to a mama who would nurse a child knowing that she's not going to raise the child. Do you see all the people involved to get her to get Moses to his destiny? Look at me. None of us make it to where we are by ourselves. There's always people involved that God uses to get you to your destiny. That's why Christianity is not a single this we ain't playing golf. It's a team sport. You're going to need people in your life around you because God's going to use people in order for you to get to your purpose and your destiny. He's going to use people to get you there. You're not going to make it by yourself. Are y'all tracking with me? That's why you see, get in a small group. I know you need a small group. I ain't doing a small group. Where was I? Do y'all remember? Do y'all remember? Huh? What? I know, that's what I just said. No, man, I pushed pause and I came back. I remember what it was. Yep, the chords. You ever been in a season crying out to God and nothing changes? I don't know if this is always. But sometimes the cry, Lord, change the season. Get me out. That's usually how we change the circumstances. Rescue me. Get me out of slavery. I'm sure Israel was saying all of those things. God, I don't think that was the cry. I think the cry was, Lord, we believe the covenant that you want a people and we want to be your people and we want you to be our God. And that's when God went, now they're ready for deliverance from someone to get them out because they agree with my covenant and my promise. Let me, let me say it a different way. I, I, I asked Dr. Scott this this morning. I go, Dr. Scott, I've said this a thousand times in my career. I think it's true. And he goes, it is true, Pastor Eugene. That's okay. I'm going to say it. He said, say it loud and proud. 
the prayer of Lord change my season Lord get me out of this Lord I just need to be rescued is not a bad prayer but there is a reason that you're in that situation and it may be a God reason so the prayer shouldn't be Lord get me out the prayer should be Lord what is it you're trying to say to me I need the revelation of this season so that I don't if you did something, how many of you have ever done something stupid and it got you in a bad, bad spot and then you're going, God, forgive me for my stupidity. Now get me out. It usually means I got to get the revelation of why I'm here. And once I get that revelation and agree with God, I agree with you. Then God begins to open the door for you that you can get to where you've always, he's wanted you to be and you want to be. Are y'all tracking with me? So the cry of the people agreed with the covenant of God. And now God is saying, Moses, it's time. Now they're ready. Did that make sense? Because remember before? You, you here to judge us? Who made you a ruler over us? The people weren't ready. Now Moses is out in Midian getting ready. And now the people are crying out saying they're ready. And now God said, okay, I got a man ready and I got a people ready. Now let's go and fulfill the promises of God. Okay. You ready? So here's the question. Are you ready? Well, I'm just waiting for God to speak to me. Can I help you? If you hadn't already decided to obey God, he ain't speaking to you. How many of you want to hear God? You go, I, I, I want God to speak to me. Raise your hand. Let me see you. Okay, the rest of you, yeah, I'm praying for you right now in Jesus' name. You, you really want to hear God? How many of you would really love when you're praying and you're silent? Because he talks too, so you've got to be silent. You want him to speak to you. This God. Okay, I want to help you. Go ahead and decide in advance that it doesn't matter what he says to you, your answer is going to be, I am your servant. The answer is yes. Right? See, you're not listening. You're not hearing me. Because, see, you, you, you started dating this guy. And you're going, Lord, what should I do? Is this the one? And you want him to say, it is. Because <laughs> if he says it ain't. You've already decided. Right? You, what you're really saying is, Lord, do you agree with me? <laughs> do you agree with me, God? Because I'll obey if you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, I won't obey. You will not hear his voice. Sometimes his silence is all you need to hear. Then God must not be ready. 
Not to say he won't be in the future, but it may be not now, my daughter. I am your servant. I used to tell young people this all the time. I said, Heidi and I have lived in some rented houses. How many of you have ever lived in rented houses? We didn't buy our first house until we were married after 10 years, I think. We always lived in rented houses. We did our very best. We would hide, we'd plant flowers and things like that. But how many of you know it would be stupid to build a swimming pool? <laughs> Y'all want to come over? Our, yeah. Oh, is this your house? Well, we're renting, but I want to show you my new pool in the backyard. How many of y'all go, Pastor Eugene, you fell, you, you hit your head. Look at me. You don't invest in something you don't own. You don't invest in something you don't own. Maybe God doesn't invest because he doesn't own you. You got one foot in Canaan. one foot in Egypt still deciding whether you're going to live in Egypt or you're going to go with the Hebrews deciding I'm going to go with Christ or I'm going to stay in Egypt are you hearing me? is the Lord speaking to you? he's saying no, 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 no no. you got the same choice Moses has Christ or Egypt Christ or Egypt Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Would you just lift your hands to heaven? I want to pray over you. Father, I pray that your word would find seed on fertile ground in the hearts of your people. This is the day in which we're in. We're sitting here watching this happen all around us. And Father, you can even take us in the middle of Egypt and cause us to be fruitful and multiply. Jesus, I ask God that you, this word would fall deep in our hearts and begin to bear fruit, that we choose you. We are servants of Jesus, obeying you, listening for your voice. Guide us with your eye, as the psalmist wrote, looking to obey you. Your ways are better. And so, Father, may we receive this word by faith. The scripture says in Hebrews, Moses, by faith. Could we just by faith it? Not fake it, faith it. Just faith it. Just, Lord, we're going to just trust you because we're watching the world fall apart around us, Lord. We're just, we're zeroing into you. This is, this is, it's war, it's race, it's politics. Lord, we choose you. We just choose you. We just, we're just choosing you. You're the only way out of this, Lord. We're just going to choose you. Lord, what side are you on? What people are you? We choose you. We're your people. We're just your people. That's it, just representing you. Lord, may this word bear fruit in our life. Please, God. Please, God, we need it now more than ever. This is our time and this is our hour. Look at me. Look right here. I just had this thought. This is free, by the way. Those, those Hebrews in Egypt, Egyptians won't have nothing to do with them. So they started buying, selling, bakers. I, I thought this this morning on the way here. Look at me. You know, the, somebody asked me one time, Pastor Eugene, could we get like a, a, a book with all the trades and vendors and businesses inside of our church? 
That way, when we went to spend the dollars that we would have to spend, we would prefer to do it with the Christian brother or sister instead of doing it out. That's what Hebrews were doing inside of Egypt. I want to tell you what I said. Maybe one day. We go, really? Why can't we do it now? I said, let me, let me tell you what. Because you know what some Christians would do? Because it was a Christian, they thought, they ought to give me a break. I said, until we mature enough to realize, look, I got, I, I got to take these clothes to dry cleaning afterwards because I sweat through them. I take my to the dry clean super center right down the road. And I take it there because the family that owns it, Danny and Pam Jackson, are in our church. And I know I'm going to take it to them because I'm going to have to pay to get this dry cleaned anyway. And Danny Jackson has never given me a break. I see Bellard up there. I go get chicken from you, Bellard. You don't give me no break. I'm looking around the room. Pat, I know I had, you hadn't cut my hair, but you cut my son's hair. You didn't give him no break. Look at me. They're not supposed to give you a break. I ain't going to break you, the brother. No, the, they're not the problem. You're the problem. You're going to pay it anyway. Because if I pay Pat, then Pat, when he gets blessed by God, he's going to come into church. He's going to write out a check, support the work of the kingdom. And when he does, it's going to mean I'm going to get paid. God wanted a people inside of a people. And he said, I will bless you so you can be a blessing to all nations. To the lost, yeah, to the lost. To those in Opelousas who ain't here yet, but they're coming. Yes, to them too. That we could be a blessing to all nations. Do you receive this word today, church? Do you receive it in Jesus' name? Let me pray for you. I mean, I've already prayed for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Because maybe you're here today and you've got a decision to make. You've got to choose Egypt or Christ. Egypt or Christ. Come on, man. You've been flirting with Egypt for a long time. Egypt always represents sin in the scripture. It always represents bondage. And let me tell you what the enemy does. Let me tell you what Satan does. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Here's what he does. Satan always tries to make bondage look like freedom and freedom look like bondage. Man, if you give your heart to Jesus, there's all the rules. He tries to make freedom look like bondage. But then, you know, when you've been living in Egypt, baby, you find out that sin always, you think it's freedom. I could do what I want, but it always leads to bondage. Maybe today you need to choose. Jesus said, You can't see the kingdom, enter the kingdom until you've been born again. What does that mean to be born again? It means to surrender your life to Jesus, to choose Jesus. I want to be a servant of Jesus. I want him to own me. I want to be his slave, not the slave of sin. If you're here today, how do you do it? First, you've got to admit that you are a sinner. 
You got to admit it. You got to say, the scripture says we've all fallen short. We, none of us measure the mark. None of us. B, believe that Jesus came. That's why he came to this earth. He came to be the Moses, to be the rescuer, to be the deliverer, and gave his life on a cross. And then C, confess him as the Lord. That's what Paul was doing. I am a servant of Jesus. You're the Lord. If you're here today and you're ready to choose Christ over Egypt, to choose Christ over sin, Today, I want to pray for you right now. No one's looking at me. Would you just lift your hand? Christian, pray. Right now, Christians, you're praying. Would you hold your hand up high and say, I'm ready. Today, I choose Christ. I want to be born again. Hold it up high. I see your hands. Congregation, let's add our voice to theirs. Would you pray this out loud? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you face hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven and a purpose on this earth. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin. I repent to be born again. Let's declare God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen.